0: Welcome back, listeners. This is Scott Salzman with another edition of Warriors Dispatch, your inside perspective on private security contracting worldwide. I'm going to peel back the layers on this episode. I'm going to peel back the layers on unconventional warfare tactics that are upending standard rules of engagement across conflict zones. I'm going to examine the thinking behind armed groups adopting indirect asymmetric means to advance ideological aims over direct force-on-force methods against powerful state militaries. From guerrilla ambushes to terror events targeting civilians, I'll analyze some cases of irregular warfare up close and what drives some militants to pursue attrition over decisively defeating national armies. And I'll, I'll also discuss some of the hybrid approaches that blend conventional capacities with surprise attacks on soft targets. And I'll consider ways that government forces aim to counter unconventional opponents while safeguarding local populations. Because when informal cells repeatedly erode internal security, understanding what motivates them becomes critical. Now, The backbone of these asymmetric approaches is classic insurgency guerrilla warfare has proven a potent tactic for weaker militant forces against powerful armies. Guerrilla forces rely on ambushes, sabotage, and quick hit-and-run attacks to gradually demoralize foes. By not directly confronting better equipped troops, they mitigate their disadvantages in firepower and numbers. Guerrillas maximize mobility, the element of surprise, and intimate knowledge of local terrain like dense jungles or urban centers to launch targeted strikes. Rather than hold territory, they melt away before superior forces can respond. This avoidance of decisive battle in favor of attrition preserves guerrillas' limited manpower. Asymmetric attacks on civilian and soft targets also enable weaker groups to inflict disproportionate damage on states, and to generate fear. High-profile terror events like bombings or hostage-takings cost fractions of resources compared to the economic, political, and social turmoil that they incite. Such acts are, of course, morally abhorrent. The intense media coverage and public anxiety from attacks on everyday targets or infrastructure advances terror groups' aims of coercion. The implied threat of repeated violence coerces government concessions. Overall, unconventional approaches circumvent the clear military superiority of state armies. An example of this was FARC, or the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia. FARC employed classic guerrilla hit-and-run tactics during Colombia's decades-long civil conflict. Founded as the armed wing of Colombia's Communist Party in 1964, FARC sought to overthrow the Colombian government via rural insurgency. Lacking the military strength to directly confront government security forces, FARC resorted to ambushes, roadside bombings, and infrastructure sabotage. They would attack army and energy facilities and then retreat into Colombia's dense jungles, where aerial and armored vehicles found it difficult to locate rebels. By not providing clear targets, FARC was able to continually erode Colombian military morale for years. They also used extortion, kidnapping, and the drug trade to fund their insurgency. After 2016 peace accords granted FARC political legitimacy, They transitioned into a legal left-wing party, while dissidents still engage in criminal activities. Similarly, in Afghanistan, the Taliban lacked the conventional capabilities to openly engage NATO forces supplying and advising the Afghan army after 2001. So the Taliban reverted to guerrilla raids and terror attacks to undermine counterinsurgency efforts and government authority the Taliban still retains clandestine cells among civilian populations that plan localized bombings of foreign allied bases, Afghan checkpoints, and city centers. By blending into local populaces in Afghanistan's mountainous terrain between raids, Taliban fighters avoid decisive confrontation. This consistent, asymmetric harassment continues to strain Afghan security and political political leadership, despite Western material advantages. The staying power comes from the Taliban's rooted presence in the ethnic Pashtun countryside, even as they struggle to reclaim urban strongholds. Asymmetric approaches leverage key advantages that level the playing field against conventionally dominant state militaries. Rather than directly engaging modern armies in battle, Irregulars turn their advanced weaponry and formal command structures into liabilities. For example, high-tech fighter jets and tanks have limited utility against rebel ambushes or improvised explosives concealed as civilian vehicles in crowded cities. Superior training and numbers also don't guarantee success tracking down guerrilla forces sheltering among sympathetic local populations. This denial of clear military objectives frustrates commanders of professional armies constrained by ethics, political scrutiny, and public impatience. In contrast, militants often solely dedicate themselves to attrition warfare, no matter the human or moral cost. Terrorist provocations also expertly trigger overreactions by security forces that alienate civilians. Heavy-handed responses play into propagandists' hands by seemingly validating the injustice narratives that legitimize asymmetric groups politically. Their radicalization outpaces states' suppression capabilities. Without providing pitched battles, insurgents and terror cells remain largely intangible forces, corroding public confidence and draining military's will through perpetual harassment. Their enduring presence extends conflicts, while conventional power struggles to adjust. Countering asymmetric warfare requires equal parts military muscle and savvy statecraft to resolve the drivers, legitimizing irregular foes. Force alone often proves self-defeating without addressing underlying political grievances. Counterinsurgency operations aim to isolate militants from civilian support bases, providing cover, funding, recruits, and intelligence. This demands seamless civil-military coordination, steering diverse stabilization efforts. Security forces shift focus toward population security by denying insurgents mobility and sanctuary. Checkpoints, patrols, and embedded advisors expand state access while constraining guerrillas. Hearts and Minds campaigns offer development aid to sway loyalists. To undermine extremist ideological pull, counter-messaging highlights the hypocrisy of terror groups' ethical compromises. Negotiated amnesties coax moderates to demobilize, while reform... Addresses minority political marginalization. Multilateral partnerships also bolster counterinsurgency via intelligence sharing, border security, and training competent indigenous security forces. The goal is strengthening the host state's resilience against domestic threats. With sustainable stability, the end goal. Counterinsurgent operations employ a flexible fusion of targeted kinetic operations and expansive nation building initiatives. The complexity demands strategic consistency and resources over years, not months. And those are some of the complex dynamics around unconventional warfare strategies in the 21st century security landscape. This is Scott Salzman signing off for now. You can find me on Facebook, it's Scott Salzman, S-A-L-S-M-A-N. Let me know your thoughts on the asymmetric conflict fronts shaping contractor operations worldwide. Thanks for listening.